So time travel is really complicated. So complicated. There's all kinds of timelines and paradoxes. And honestly, what other kind of fiction has you dealing with places where the actual rules of cause and effect don't work properly? You're trying to explain to somebody what happened, but in the end, some of those things didn't happen, but they still were written down in the story for you to hear. So did they happen? Kind of. Even when a piece of time travel fiction says, hey, here are the rules. We know it's complicated. We're going to do our best. We're going to hold your hand. We're going to make sure you know what's going on. Even then, it's really easy to get lost. In Predestination, if you're not paying close attention to who Jane John is right now and who they're going to be, they have a whole host of different identities and roles. If you're not paying close attention to that, it quickly spirals out of hand and you have no idea what's going on. So when a movie looks at you and says, we're not going to tell you how it's going on. You better keep up, son. Then it can be intimidating. We're going to walk you through what is undoubtedly the most complicated time travel movie ever to exist, and that is Primer. We're going to give you a primer on Primer. A primer primer. Yes. Primer 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 primer. Primer is a movie by one man, Shane Carruth. Just one man. He wrote, directed, starred, edited, did sound design, did music. His parents did craft services for the film. He's the real hero here. The The movie starts with these two characters, Abe and Aaron. Also, they're two other science friends, but they ditch them pretty quickly. Abe and Aaron are working on, what, quantum levitation? Or some kind of levitation, I think. We only say that because that's what Sally is working on. And also, they levitate some pieces of paper. They're working on something sciencey, And then, whoops, they accidentally made a time machine. <laughs> accidentally. The way the time machine works in this movie is there's a machine. And you turn on the machine at the A end. They describe it very clearly as the A end and the B end. You turn on the machine at the A end, and that's when you'll come out of when you go into your time machine. You leave it running for six hours, and at the end of the six hours, you turn the machine off. And as you turn the machine off, you crawl into it. And then you sit in the time machine for six hours while you travel at the rate of one second per second backwards back to the A end. And then you climb out. And hopefully, you set a timer when you turn on the machine in the first place, so you don't have to encounter your past self, because that's generally pretty bad. In the movie, this is the first thing the characters think of. I'm not going to lie, I probably would not have thought of that until I ran into myself. They're cleverer than anyone else would be with a time machine, but they're science people, so at least they've thought things through. (laughs) No, they haven't. They haven't (laughs) thought things through at all. The first thing they do with their brand new accidental time machine is they play the stock market. They make a bunch of money. You know, that's the first thing you would do. You make money because... Because once money's not a problem anymore, then you can, like, tell real personal stories, as this movie does, where after they make a bunch of money, they rapidly start going back and changing their own personal histories and it just spirals out of control really fast. Alright, so Abe doesn't actually want to go back and change his past. He realizes that that leads to nothing but destruction, but Aaron does. He wants to fix things. He wants to change stuff. The big climax of the film is when he goes back multiple times to this one party where a man comes in with a shotgun and menaces people and he wants to come in and be the hero because he wants to get the girl because of course he does. Or he wants Abe to get the girl. It's not It's not terribly clear at that point actually. I don't think there's anything that's terribly clear in this film. Because after about three months of doing various mild time shenanigans, Abe and Aaron realize that they have to go back three months to the beginning of this whole time travel adventure and so Abe does he he has a fail-safe machine that travels him back three months he like stocks up on oxygen containers he has to make a three-month trip inside this box only to find when he gets there that the Aaron he met on the first day that they time travel 
had already been through that conversation like two or three times and had recorded everything so he could respond in the exact way he wanted to. It's deeply disorienting because the first time you see this conversation, Aaron is wearing a, an earpiece and he says it's for March Madness. When you come back and Abe sees it again from his now, he knows what time travel is angle, he realizes that the Aaron that he's been dealing with has already been through these time shenanigans before and is totally just playing him. It's really arrogant and kind of conceited. Yeah, because when the specific conversation we're talking about with the earbud, Abe is telling Aaron, oh my god, the most amazing thing has happened. I have to show you what's the line. The most important thing that any living organism has ever witnessed. Yes. And it turns out Aaron's, yeah, whatever. He's just like, well, you cute though. So Primer is just probably the best time travel movie that exists. Maybe not my favorite, but definitely the best. Yeah, it's the one that uses the most twists and turns and paradoxes, and actually not even paradoxes. Not even, but rather than bring time travel down to a lowest common denominator level, which many movies attempt to do, because again, time travel is really confusing. This movie expects more of the audience, and therefore when you watch it, you feel more rewarded. It requires you to unpack itself. The movie itself is self-consistent in its timeline, but it's hard to see that unless you're really paying attention. There are a few diagrams on the internet, which I'm sure I will link to, that explain this whole thing that you might like to read. But Primer is actually, despite being a wacky mess of a timeline, is actually fairly consistent with itself. Yeah, it, it does a lot of good things that help you keep up with it, even though it's a very confusing narrative. The diagrams really help. The fact that the time travel is very specific and only works this one way and it makes time a tangible thing you can you can really get your hands around yeah and you can manipulate it and it also kind of goes towards some of the dark things that you have to do with time travel for example when Abe and Aaron go back in time they have to replace themselves which means they have to drug themselves they drug themselves and then store their past selves in the attic yeah, and then and then don't tell like Aaron's wife. Yeah, they just kind of leave him there. And there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where Abe's person says that there are rats in the attic because she keeps hearing all of this scuttling and scurrying around. And on a second view, when you know what's going on, you realize, oh my god, that's people. There are people up there that have been unceremoniously snatched out of their own lives without knowing why at all. Because they haven't gotten to the time travel yet, right? They they have no idea. No, they have no idea. They still think they're working on their... Levitation machine? Weeble wobbler? Something. <laughs> and instead, they are now locked up in a attic closet. We would not have our show Ars Paradoxica if it were not for this movie. Arsparadoxica.com. Ars Paradoxica on iTunes. We cribbed so many things from this movie, just straight up. Our deepest apologies to Shane Carruth, because he is a amazing filmmaker. They say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, and if that is true, you're welcome. Really, how much did we crib from? Oh my gosh. Well, first off, Shane Carruth made that movie on no budget, and we make our show on no budget. I think that's less a cribbing and more the realities of who wants to pay us money to make our weird, sad time travel audio fiction. Hopefully you do. Hashtag money is time. Patreon.com slash Paradoxica. Donate today. We've got many sods. The main thing we cribbed from this movie is that we go at a breakneck pace, and we expect our audience to keep up with with what we're doing because we're not going to slow down. Oh yeah, we don't have time to slow down. Or some might say, the space. I mean, that's also true, to be honest. <laughs> that's also true. 
but this movie definitely just expects you to figure it out on your own. In fact, this movie is the only one that I can think of that really inspired Ars Paradoxica to do this in that Primer doesn't always tell you what timeline you're looking at. You know, you can be watching a conversation and think that it's the first time through for both characters or all characters or even yourself, and then it turns out the characters have been through this timeline three, four, five times before and not told each other. I also like Primer's use of backwards-only time travel. Going backwards is a lot more difficult than going forwards in time, as anyone who's ever lived knows it is very easy to go forward in time. Well, also, when you go to the future, like the distant future or the distant past, it's a lot more like time travel tourism. You know, it's very much a spacefaring adventure like your Star Trek, where you go to a place and observe the culture of the time. But when you have very limited, backwards-only time travel, all you can do is try to go back in your own life and fix your own mistakes, and find out that maybe you were better off making those mistakes, and that's a very human story. That's something that's true of so many different kinds of narratives, especially ones that are wish-based or magic-based. They're a lot about changing your world to make it better because you've made mistakes that you can't undo. And what if you could undo your mistakes? Turns out, you shouldn't. Don't do that. No, and another thing that Primer does really well is shows you the consequences of these two guys not really thinking through 100% of the project. There's a really great scene where Abe's girlfriend's father... Yes. His name is Granger. He has money and they would like it for their science projects. And during the course of the movie, a version of Granger just shows up and he's got a full beard where earlier in the day they'd seen him and he was clean shaven and he's acting very erratically and he can't approach Abe without passing out. And this is because obviously he's he's used the time machine without telling either of them. And it just kind of wrecks him. Granger is not a functioning person after using the time machine. He goes into a vegetative state and stays there until the end of the film. And time travel is bad for you. Time travel is not just bad for you because it ruins your relationships, but especially in Primer, it's physically harmful for you. They have nosebleeds, they have ear bleeds, which means definitely your brain's doing something bad. They lose the ability to write properly. There's a great line where Abe asks Aaron, why can't we write like normal people? And it, oh, it's, it's the one line where they really like hit the nail on the head of, oh, maybe we should have tested this more before using it a bunch To be fair, Abe also does say there's no way in which this thing could be considered anywhere remotely safe. And it's not. It's really bad. Yeah, and it's not that they're surprised when they get hurt. It's just that, oh, we're it's really bad. Hmm, maybe we should... We're not going to stop time traveling. And of course, in Ars Paradoxica, we have butterfly syndrome, which is... I don't want to say the same thing. It is a slightly different thing, but it's still... It's time travel madness. A lot of time travel stories have a physical detriment to time travel. Twelve Monkeys has you kind of go insane a little bit. Primer has this ear bleeding writing thing. Back to the Future has fading away. There's always has to be some kind of physical consequence for mucking around with time. And I like that in Primer. It's not because they've mucked around with time. It's because they've been exposed to the things that muck around with time. In Back to the Future, Marta McFly starts disappearing because, oh, now his parents won't meet and now he won't exist. But in Primer, it's, no, you sat in a time machine for three months, you idiot. 
Of course you're going to come out with triple brain cancer. We keep saying the main thing I took away most from this, but that's because we really, really like Primer and we like everything that it does. But one of the things I like the most is that paradoxes don't matter. I mean, the time travel in Primer doesn't allow for this, but they could go back in time and kill their own grandfather somehow. They're not going to fade away. They're not going to, I don't know, destroy the universe. It's just then they won't be born later. They're still right here, but who cares? The universe doesn't care. There's actually a couple of times where the characters in the movie do bring this up and do kind of get worried about it. And the answer whenever they bring it up is, oh, I guess uh, I guess it just doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah, and every time it does matter, every time they're mucking about does cause problems, the problems are on them. The problems are they have adverse reactions to time travel, or they ruin their interpersonal relationships. All of the problems that arise from time travel don't arise from, you muck with the primordial forces of the universe, and that has consequences. It was hubris! Hubris! It was hubris all along. As it always is. What are you doing? What are you doing sitting around trying to think, I can just fix my life. I can make all these changes and now my life will be perfect. No, it won't. You know it won't. An optimist hopes that this is the best of all possible worlds but the pessimist knows it. The moral of a lot of time travel narratives, but especially Primer, is you probably shouldn't try to fix your past mistakes because there's no fixing the world. There's no fixing everything. There's no way you can possibly plan to fix everything. So choose the devil you know rather than the devil that you went back in time to meet and turns out is even worse. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Time Lapse. We're doing all of this as a promotion for our time travel audio drama, Aris Paradoxica. We're in the middle of a fundraising campaign, and it would be super cool if you headed over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Paradoxica, and donated to our cause. If not, just tell your friends, tell your family, tell publications you like that talk about podcasts, like Hot Pod or Podmass or Podmass. We're also on Facebook, Twitter. Are we on Snapchat? You don't want to see us on Snapchat. If it's ours, Paradoxica, Paradoxica, it's it's probably probably us. So we hope you've enjoyed this. Anyway, so we hope you like this episode. Please engage with us on the internet. Stalk us and we'll stalk you only a little bit. Have a great time. I'm not doing that bit, Dan.